Most organizations and individuals fail to learn from their mistakes. Most organizations risk failure by discouraging alerts to potential problems. Most individuals are more likely to stay quiet than identify potential risks or speak openly about potential downsides and failures. This kind of hierarchical privilege culture breeds fear and it breeds anxiety. This kind of hierarchical privilege culture needs to be erupted if you're going to evolve organizations and individuals who thrive on a growth mindset. So how can we learn and grow from the bad so that we're more willing to learn and grow from failure and when things don't go quite as we expected? On this podcast, Jack Bassey, Data Futures Director at Nationwide Building Society, will be sharing with us how he's managed to evolve a growth mindset for himself and for his teams. Welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast, a podcast by Belonging Pioneers and Culture Lab Consultancy about the questions and ideas around the hidden barriers to achieving our diversity, equity and inclusion goals. This is where we explore and test out our ideas with amazing guests who've done or are doing the work. If you'd like to explore how a growth mindset would be valuable for you and your organization, you can book a call with us using the link in the show notes. We promise that you'll leave that call with a new opening for action around your growth mindset. So before we begin, let me tell you a little bit about JAG. I've had the pleasure of working with JAG during a nationwide project to increase diversity at the director level and beyond. JAG is a British West Midlands black country born son of Indian immigrants who arrived in the UK in the 1960s with no more than a few pounds in their pockets and a desire to work and earn. He was brought up as a Sikh, so his outward appearance purposefully made him stand out more in the crowd, and he was raised to be proud of his heritage. He has experienced the blunt end of racism, fist and boot, and has equally stood up for himself. By applying his growth mindset, Jag has achieved director-level positions, including at Nationwide and Barclays. So today we're exploring how a growth mindset enables success for individuals and organizations. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast with me, Ishreen Bradley, Chief Inspiration Officer at Belonging Pioneers. And me, Kami Nuttall, founder of Culture Lab Consultancy. Privilege is a conundrum that dilutes the culture of fairness at work. And as a leader, you recognize that your organization has more to do. You want to create success through connection and belonging, and you're unsure about how to make it happen. Now, the Privilege Eruption podcast is where you have the opportunity to evolve breakthrough thinking about the impact of power, privilege and purpose and how that shows up at work. And in these podcasts, you will gain the courage and confidence to realize a culture of inclusion for all. The point I think, Amy, you asked about um, assessing and reflecting, a, a simple way to think about it is just ask why. What, why? If, if there's a, if you've received some feedback, you've asked yourself the question as to why, why did I do that? Why did I make that decision? And keep going, keep, and keep peeling back the layers mm. of the onion mm. right to the base of it. You will find a, a truth, a truth yeah. that yeah. sometimes a bit hard to swallow, but yeah. it will be an area yeah. that mm. is a 
as an individual you can face into and you can change um, but not but you don't hard to swallow to... but really eye-opening though as well isn't it yeah, i mean it can be really it's... like yeah. a, i didn't know that about myself so yeah. no yeah. i think i think that's uh um, that's really really good but i but i always like to say that you know whilst peeling back all of the layers of the onion on the self is mm. really important um it, it's tough it's hard work you can there are little shortcuts and you can learn from others you can learn from watching other people's mistakes. You know, some people have yeah. the pastime where they just watch and observe people, watch their expressions, mm. their, how they walk and what they do. Mm. Uh, train stations and airports are brilliant places to do that. Yeah, it's kind, it's kind of fun people watching. But, but when you watch people at work, pick people that you admire, pick yeah. people mm -hmm. that you see that have a growth mindset. And, and you can observe their mistakes and how they deal with them and actually use that as a modifying strategy for yourself so there are shortcuts mm. that you don't always have to be looking just at yourself mm. if you're able to cast that that light of analysis um, and empathy on other people then it, it, it can also be a really useful mm. way to kind of reflect and assess mm. what you should be doing and then finally the third point is you know if the first two were get your raw material the feedback Two, think about it and decide what, what the problem mm. is. And three, it's do something about it. You've got to deploy a strategy. Um, you've, you know, and this is where it's very different for everybody. You've got to find what works for you. For some people, it's, you know, you test something out, you learn and you repeat until you find something that works for you. Um, but for other people, it can be, you know, maybe change, trying to change several things at one time. Personally, for me, I like to hone in on one or two things, one or two areas mm, at any individual yeah. moment in time and just focus in on those. Cause I find I don't get distracted then. I, I can actually apply my attention to, to changing those behaviors. And let's not forget sometimes these behaviors are cultural. They're yeah. ones that you've developed to become personality traits. So sometimes they don't change easily. Mm. Um, trying to do too much in yeah. one go will, yeah. Yeah. for me at least, becomes very, very difficult. Sure. Um, and I think mindset of how you deploy a growth strategy is really important. Um, you know, you've got to see opportunities, not obstacles. You've got to put your arms around the setbacks, yeah. and and that can be tough if it's setback after setback after setback. But you know, I'm always reminded when I talk about failure um, that you know it's the most successful people in in industry and in business and in in life that have generally failed the most because they keep mm. going at it um yeah. uh, so they embrace their setbacks they learn from them and they and they you know do something different um but also positivity you know learning from your mistakes you will face adversity um and and i think you know you know we talked about ethnicity a little bit earlier on and i do think there are some unique challenges there uh, when people from minority groups fail in a workplace environment. Mm -hmm. So you have to maintain positivity. Uh, yeah. You know, your cup has to be half full. You've got to see that tomorrow can definitely be better, regardless yeah. of how, you know, how how grim it might be or how um, yeah. how you might be feeling in that moment. And and, 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 and absolutely. And I think on the other side of that, sorry, Shreed, um, it's I just wanted to sort of say that there's a link there, isn't there, about, You've got to have that positivity. But again, I, I keep coming back to this. Your leadership, your C-suite, your culture and your organization that's influenced by them need to role yeah. model this. They do. They need to role model that how we respond is important. Yeah. Um, Cami, I wanted to go back on one point Jack said mm. before we move on to the organizational context, if I may, which is 
actually what enables positivity is if you can start to relate to feedback as a gift. Yeah. Mm, you know, that's one of the tools you can use. Jag, sometimes, and I've worked with clients on this, sometimes people from underrepresented groups really want a lot of feedback and they struggle with, because they're not getting the level of feedback they need. Have you observed that in any of the organizations you've worked with and how have you supported those people either to come to terms with that's the feedback they're going to get or find strategies for actually having their managers open up and give honest feedback rather than just say, hey, you're doing great? Yes, good observation. Um, my, my view is that feedback is low in most organizations there are few organizations where feedback flows in volume openly mm. with positivity um so i don't think it's an issue that's just um unique to people from ethnic minorities i think it's a it, it's a cultural problem that affects most organizations mm. so, so i think increasing the amount of feedback is really important mm. um i in the face of not if I, as an individual, if you don't get the feedback that you need, mm. um, sometimes it can be counterproductive to keep going back and asking for exactly. it. Um, sometimes I think yeah. what you have to then do is pursue a strategy where you start to learn about giving yourself the feedback. You know, be 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 be, be that person that assesses your own behaviour very critically, um, and you can generate quite a lot of raw mm. material for you to act upon yeah. um, that way. But I think in any organisation. Yeah, F focusing in on the flow of feedback is is really important. I, I think there is a. I remember reading a study a couple of years ago that um, drew correlation between growth, you know, organizational growth rates um, and levels of feedback that were um, uh, given and exchanged positively. And, and some of the best organizations actually have really mature mechanisms for yeah. open feedback to be provided upwards, yeah. downwards, and sideways in the organization. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, I, I, one of the points you made earlier about mentoring and coaching in an organisation where feedback is not good and we don't have constructive feedback or or a feedback culture that's, you know, um, that's enabling. Um, I, you know, I think mentoring and coaching outside of the organisation is probably something that people can consider. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, useful to have that network in place. Mm. Yes, look, as an individual looking at, your networks and where you can mm. get good mentoring and coaching. Um, from it, so there are some themes here that are also linked to organizations and what organizations can do to create a growth mindset. I'm picking up on what Jag said about some organizations have really good systems and processes mm. and ways of communicating to ensure that there is fast feedback right that for feedback to be useful you need to get it as close to the event as possible right yeah yeah so yeah, absolutely yeah i think i, I think, think something about the cultural experience at work about the culture we create around mm -hmm. how we manage deploy receive process feedback um from a growth mindset perspective the message is yeah you know all feedback is important. There's no right or wrong. We may have done something wrong, as in the out, you know, the impact of it might have been uh, a mistake, 
Um, but actually, we don't we don't vilify, we don't point fingers at the individual yeah. who's done that. We actually learn from that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm thinking about the airline industry for just as an example. The airline industry has built this entire um, industry around the black box, and when there's an accident, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, a, a major airline accident, they go to the black box to unpick what actually happened, and they don't do it from the point of view where the where is blame to be assigned. They do it from a learning perspective mm. around what do we need to learn from here to make sure it doesn't happen again. And that report yeah. gets shared across all the airlines so that everyone can benefit from it. Yeah. You know, so there's something around organization responsibility, absolutely, and efforts um, mm. around enabling the environment to be that way. Yes, and also language. So many organizations now are not talking about failure or getting something wrong. They're talking about this is just a part of the process. This thing not going quite as we expected it to mm. is not a failure or something wrong. It's a part of the process. And then in the, the sprints, really looking at, so what can we learn from that? Mm. Use the word sprint there. Um, and that's really interesting. I mean, you know, my, my trade, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been working in digital for 20 plus years and um, agile methodologies have incorporated this idea of the retrospective at the end of each sprint where you yeah. pause and reflect on what went well and what didn't go well. Mm. So, mm. so increasingly workplace methodologies to get work done is incorporating that that yeah. that fast yeah. feedback mechanism yes. into it but but when you step back organizationally some organizations are still on the journey where um there's still some way to go that actually yeah. there's more than just process but also um mentality but and the other element of this is the cycle time the shorter the sprint the closer the feedback to the event exactly. um, and the faster the the faster you cycle through them the more quickly you can evolve and yeah. uh, iterate so mm -hmm. so you know mm -hmm. even the language of work now mm. is changing in a way that has incorporated those mechanisms that support and serve yes a, a growth mm. mindset yes so the agile methodology taken into a, a business context is actually a great way for uh, reducing cycle times getting feedback quickly and course correcting so that individuals can develop as well as the the program mm. or the project moving forward quickly. I, I think that's a great lesson for organizations. And the other thing that's really important not to forget, you know, uh, you know, I talked about it being an evidence-based um, methodology and um, the evidence says that actually the thing that has the greatest impact is when you celebrate the effort and not the result. Yes. Um, and, you know, I incorporate this in my, in my life, you know, I, you know, my, 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 my 16 year old got some great GCSE results, but with the celebration of the effort that went into the revision yeah. is far bigger yeah. focus for me than the outcome that she got at the end of it. And I'd already said, even before the results came out, you're a winner because of how much effort you put in. So I think for an organization to focus in on celebrating mm -hmm. the effort and the contribution that individuals yeah. make and teams make, and um, it, it has a real positive impact. Um, yeah, it lifts yes. people's spirits and it increases mm. their positivity. It makes them more responsive to feedback and it makes them less fearful yeah. of failure. Amazing. So I'm taking away three nice. lessons around organizations from this conversation. Let me see if I can summarize them. 
So one of them is using agile approaches to reduce the cycle time and increase learning and productivity. One jag you just said, and it's it slipped from my mind. Do you want to just summarize that last point you made really quickly? Oh goodness me! I made a couple, and I've, I'm not sure which one we're, we're talking about now. Um, <laughs> is, is that is that the one about um, uh, celebrating the effort? That's not- the one. Mm. That's the one. Celebrating effort. So using agile methodologies, celebrating effort, and developing your leaders to encourage a growth mindset, and developing your diverse colleagues to have courage and confidence. So those are the three kind of areas that I'm taking away from this. From an I think that's really well summarized. Um, Absolutely. And, and not to forget that feedback is fundamental to all of that. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, and, and you know what? Things change when you celebrate the effort because that's the bit that helps you enjoy the journey. Um, mm. An anecdote um, unrelated. 12 years ago, I cycled up a mountain, the highest pass in the Pyrenees in France, wow. the Tourmalet, um, and it's 2,000 metres high. And the first time I did it, all I was focused on was the result, mm-hmm. getting to the top. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. I went back there uh, earlier this year, uh, I rode it again, and this time, you know, it wasn't the the result that I was focused in on. The, and yeah. immediately the, the journey was so different. Instead, mm-hmm. I took in the surroundings. I enjoyed the the, the weather, and at some points it wasn't that great. Um, you know, I could hear the birds chirping, and 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 I was at one. Um, you know, Beautiful. I enjoyed the journey, um, and Beautiful. you know, it's That's it's so it. important. You had a mindful journey, Dejai. Mindful I, I journey. Absolutely, did. It's so important to focus in on the effort mm-hmm. and enjoy yeah. the effort, enjoy regardless it. of what the result is at the end of it. Yeah, enjoying the journey because otherwise, if you just focused on the result, there's, mm. as you said, there's so much you miss, right? 100%. So much you miss. And that's a lesson for that, organization. What a great conversation. Cami, that I. That was think, a great conversation. Yeah. I think we should um, ask Jagar five quick fire questions, right? Yeah, so I think you may have to uh, adjust them slightly, Ishwin, because Jag's been a guest before and he's part of them previously. No, he hasn't. So this is is where I was naughty and I didn't call, well, I called Jag, but we didn't get to do the questions last time. I I, I really don't remember. No, we didn't do them. (laughs) So I think our listeners would love to know his answers. Okay, all right. So. Um, shall we do one each? Yeah. Nishreen, do you want to yeah. start? Yeah. So, Jag, um, my first question is, what's the privilege story that's impacted you most? What's the privilege story? Yeah. So either relating to yourself, where you observed privilege, or where you saw it somewhere else that really made you conscious of either your privilege or the privilege of others. Yeah, actually, it's it's my privilege that I guess kind of I learned about uh, a few years ago, um, and it was it was as I was looking into you know educational attainment and uh, experience in the workplace. Mm. The thing that the the, the fact that people of um, Indian origin um, in the UK actually do better than. Not only their peers uh, from Pakistani or Bangladeshi backgrounds and 
from other against other immigrants, but actually against the national average, um, mm -hmm. surprised me. It completely wow. surprised me. So um, I, I, I've used that as a, I guess, as a kind of a, a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek comment when it comes about. Whenever I talk to my colleagues about privilege, I will always talk about. Well, you know, I feel really, you know, sad for you that the fact that I have more privilege than you do, and 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 it does, you know, lightens the mood mm. to be able to have a difficult conversation yeah. for people because people I know recoil in nervousness about the fear of saying the wrong thing, and mm. um, sometimes you know, just 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 releasing a little bit of tension when you have that conversation allows you to get get to the guts of what you need to change in an organization far more definitely that's a skill in itself mm. absolutely one we can all all learn from definitely jag question number two the latest book you're reading that has inspired you i um i've, I've got a bit of time on my hands at the moment and i have been reading a ton of science fiction actually oh. So um, I've I've put down all books that are you know fact based or work based and have just been enjoying um, yeah uh, novels. Um, uh, what did I read? The last one I read was uh, can I remember the title of it? It's called the Something Project. Oh, it's gone. It's completely gone from my head. Do you know my favourite science fiction book is Dune? I just love Dune. I've tried. Oh, you know, I've, you know, I've never read it. I picked it up so many times, and and I keep on giving up on it. Oh wow! I couldn't put it down, and it's a thick book, right? It certainly is. Yes. <laughs> I, I remember the film from mm. not the not the most recent one, but the the original one they made. Mm. I remember that. I haven't read the book. Yeah, the one with Sting. No, the the film was not a patch on the book for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyway, so this is my favourite question to ask people, and it's, what's your favourite indulgence? Um, ice cream. Ah, which flavour? Um, salted caramel. Ooh, oh, yummy, yummy. Always better with crunchy bits. I, I think my, my husband would concur with you. Uh, the, the number of magnums we get through in this household is, <laughs> is amazing. Um, Actually, it's either it was a close toss-up between a Negroni and an ice cream. I can't quite make up my mind, which is mm. my greatest indulgence. Oh, and that book, sorry, I've just remembered, it's called Hail Mary by Andy Weir. Ah, Project yeah. Hail Mary. It was, a great, right. it was a great read. I got through it in about a day and a half. Amazing. You must All be right. getting through quite a few. Yeah. I, okay, so, question number four. Who has inspired you most to do what you do? Do you know what? It's really funny. Um, I don't. I I think I've only realised this in the last few years, but I I think my dad actually has had a massive impact on my outlook in life and has inspired me the most. Um, uh, and the thing that inspires me the most is he he really lived the spirit of his faith and that the concept of charity colour, which is a Sikh mm. concept of. Uh, maintaining positivity in the face of adversity um it really it, it, yeah it shapes it shapes it shaped it has shaped me and it shapes what i do and how i act um and it's it again only the last few years where i really realized that mm, that's nice yeah it takes us finding wisdom for ourselves to see the wisdom others have given us right absolutely yeah. mm. now this final question if you had unlimited resources to put together the ultimate resource 
for ensuring an equitable organization, what would that be? Yeah, um, it, it's, it's not a resources problem. It's a mindset issue, isn't it? Um, what would I want? I'd want to be able to influence people's minds um, uh, to remove um, any of those things, those learnt habits and behaviours and biases that ultimately get amplified in an organisation sometimes that can cause some of this inequity. Mm. Um, it, it's, it's, not, it's not assembling anything. It is, it's going to be a slow gradual change but the change happens one mind at a time and that is ultimately you know initiated by our own actions so what what is it that i would want to do I, i'd want people to start acting immediately nice. in a mindful way love it jack thank you so much for spending this hour with us it's been a real joy to share our experiences of growth mindset with you thank you thank you for inviting me. thank you take care We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for joining us. Our intention is to bring you new insights about the impact of power, privilege and purpose at work for you and for your organisation. You can check out our episode description for social media accounts and don't forget to send in your questions and you can send those to our email equitychampions at belongingpioneers.com. We look forward to sharing more about power, privilege and purpose at work with you on this podcast. Now, if you got value, please remember to share it with your networks. Please leave us a review. And as Cami said, please do remember to send us any questions that you'd like us to discuss on this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Next time. Bye.